0: The Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 19 of the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. I'm Rosie Bellman, and I'll be your host for today. As a disclaimer, we do have some construction going on outside, so just so you're all aware, you might be hearing that in our audio today. Bullying is widespread in the United States. It negatively impacts all youth involved, including those who are bullied, those who bully others, and those who witness bullying. Unfortunately, bullying is common. According to the CDC, about one in five high school students reported being bullied on school property. More than one in six high school students reported being bullied electronically in the last year. But for the purpose of this episode today, we'll be only discussing in-person bullying. Today, we are here with Dr. Ryan Adams to discuss bullying, its impact, and what we as parents, educators, and kids can do to put a stop to it and prevent it from beginning. Hi, Dr. Adams, how are you today?
1: Great, how about you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. And before we get started, Do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and telling them what you do here at Cincinnati Children's?
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Ryan Adams. Um, I have a PhD in developmental psychology, which is basically in the area of, um, social development. Mm -hmm. And so what I've been trained to do is study typical social development in terms of how, um, friends, peers, romantic relationships, parent child relationships how these things affect uh, development, how these things affect uh, health and things like that.
0: Sounds great. Thank you so much. So we will get started right away. And my first question is, is how do you define bullying?
1: Well, this is a really interesting question. It sounds kind of boring. right? <laughs> um, and sort of how you answer this question can determine how you sort of address it Okay. and how you look at it. Now the term bullying, is actually what i don't study okay (laughs) um so academically bullying has a very specific definition and that definition involves sort of three components Mm -hmm. number one um, that some sort of aggression is acted on by some one person towards Mm -hmm. another that's pretty obvious but really what is aggression aggression is sort of harming someone number two um, we can look at there's supposed to be an ongoing sort of situation mm-hmm. of, of aggression happening. So it can't just be the first time it's done. It needs to happen uh, multiple times before it to be considered bullying. Okay. The most important thing, the third thing is, um, a power differential. Okay. So the idea here is that the bully somehow has some sort of, um, differential in power, more power than the mm-hmm. person being bullied here. That power can be, um, strength, mm-hmm. you know, it could be, Uh, social status. It could be, you know, rich versus poor. It could be all kinds of things. Um, So that's a key component in the term bullying. Okay. Now the term that I like to use and is often used in my field, not that bullying is a bad term, um, but academically it's a very specific term. Mm -hmm. So typically what we use in my um, group is a term called peer victimization.
0: Peer victimization. Okay.
1: And that term is a lot simpler. It doesn't involve You know, the number of times it happens the first Mm -hmm. time can be is enough, right? Uh, We don't have to start dealing with something, um, sort of this aggression, after it happens five or six times. um, We can start dealing with it the first time it happens, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Peer victimization, often, most of the time, when most people are using it, they allowed the victim as. The term "peer victimization" mm-hmm. to determine if they've been harmed. Okay. Now, sometimes people go like, "Oh, well, that could be anything, and anybody could be picky about it." But again, what we're talking about is aggression. So, somebody being hurt. Okay. Not somebody being aggrieved or somebody being annoyed or whatever. We're talking about some. The victim feels like they were hurt. Got it. So um, that's sort of another important distinction between peer victimization, the sort of academic term, mm-hmm. and a bullying academic term. Now, what I'll say is. If any, we'll talk about it later, Mm -hmm. but I have um, some websites that we've created for curriculum around these issues, and we call it the Boy's Guide to End Bullying and the Girl's Guide to End Bullying, right? Well, um, we also understand most people don't use technical definitions in their day-to-day life. (laughs) Most people sort of have a general idea about what bullying is. So we still oftentimes, uh, academics, use the term bullying. Okay. um, But we like to use these sort of more specific terms when we're actually sort of trying to address the issue.
0: Mm And so there's a lot of factors that go into the definition of bullying and peer victimization, but how do you tell the difference from a child being, let's say, mean to another child, maybe a one-off time versus bullying? How do you differentiate those?
1: Well, I think one, one thing I think that happens a lot of time is that when we're talking about these issues, I would say both of those things need to be stopped, Okay. right? Um, But what happens a lot of times when we're dealing with these issues is we're really get involved and sort of start focusing on who's in trouble Mm -hmm. or who did something bad and doing those sort of things rather than what we like to do in in my field is to focus on how do we stop this behavior, right? Let's separate the issue of um, this person is wrong, this person is a bully and all those sort of things. That sort of questioning kind of stops us from oftentimes or slows us down from actually stopping the behavior Mm -hmm. so we don't need to get into the issue of like who's a bad guy who's a good guy if it's just about hey this isn't a good thing to be doing let's just not do it how do we do that Mm -hmm. and then um if it happens again what should we do
0: okay that makes sense and what types of bullying are you seeing
1: well you know what we see is, you know, there's these different definitions of different types. Mm -hmm. So there's physical victimization. That's the one that sort of we all think about, oh, bullying sort of. But it's often the least occurring, right? Mm Because it's pretty over the top. Um, Most kids know it's not right. And um, if you think about it, well, maybe not, but if you think about it, but what we know is that most bullying that occurs is around trying to gain social status, is trying to gain some sort of like something out of the Mm-hmm. The, the bullying yes. or the physical act of bullying. Um, but most kids don't like it, right? <laughs> so uh, doing something so extreme as hitting somebody or, you know, those sort of things, it's rare that the peer group sanctions that, you know? So, um, so there's the physical bullying. Mm-hmm. There's verbal bullying. with the obvious one, you know, calling people names, yeah. um, make, you know, making them feel bad, things like that. There's relational bullying. So those are things that are where, and relational sometimes is tricky, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not out in the open. It's what's called indirect. It's happening usually not in front of the person. It's things like not purposely, not inviting somebody to be part of the group, sort of excluding them, um, those sort of things. Um, There's also things like um, cyber. Absolutely. Now that's a tricky one there too, because these can have all kinds of forms, right? Um, it's be, sometimes it's called electronic victimization too, but what happens here, it could be somebody texting you, right? Mm-hmm. Something you don't want. It could be done on a social platform. Um, like if you're old, like me, it would like Facebook, but, um, <laughs> you know, anything that's an electronic mm-hmm. form, it can sort of happen. Um, and what's hard about it is we don't want to think of these things as all the same because somebody who texts you something that's mean, or try to hurt you they have your phone number, right? Yeah. You know them. Um, whereas sometimes on social media, you might not know them. If it's a social forum, sometimes some of these things can be done in a way that you don't know who mm-hmm. did it. And all those different forms can have different ways that you might want to address them. And they also might have different ways that they might hurt somebody, right? It's somebody who knows you, you know, that hurts in one way mm-hmm. versus some stranger doing something to you, threatening you that's a totally different sort of maybe feeling too,
0: mm-hmm. so. And through your practice, what would you say is the most common form of bullying?
1: Uh, clearly uh, verbal.
0: Verbal, okay.
1: But here's what's uh, tricky about it, is verbal sometimes gets underplayed because people, because it happens so often, one. Yeah. Um, well, um, but it has actually the strongest links to things like depression, and, you know, other different outcomes. Really? Uh, yeah, because, you know, it's usually done publicly. So, um, and oftentimes they, it involves things that somebody might already um, feel sort of vulnerable about, mm-hmm. right, so if somebody feels bad about how tall they are, you know, they're probably making fun of how tall you are, right, or weight or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we find is it actually has the, sort of the most impact in the long run. Um, on a lot of kids and so but at the same time I think what happens is adults and sometimes um, can sort of dismiss it because oh kids are you know just being kids Um, well the other thing that happens too with it is it gets dismissed because it's easily dismissed because a lot of times kids go oh I was just kidding or oh you know can't you take a joke or whatever like that so um, while there you know it's a fine line there you know and I'm not saying you know everybody has to be Um, that there aren't instances of these things that are, you know, everybody gets it, everybody's on the same page, but we have to be really careful because, you know, if the kid doesn't want it, the target doesn't want it, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't really argue with them about that.
0: Yeah. And you started talking about the effects of bullying. What are some of the other effects that happen at such a young age to these kids?
1: Well, um, pretty much about everything you can think of, you know, there's, um, depression, Um, suicidality actually, Mm -hmm. Um, weight gain, um, some research that I've done has shown uh, peer victimization um, uh, leads to increases in uh, body mass index, weight gain. um, We can talk about like uh, it's, you know, it's a stressor. So just like any other stressor like that's out there, um, it's been linked to it. So cortisol, it's been linked to sort of uh, some research that I've done has shown that uh, cortisol is sort of a uh, something that's re- a hormone that's released as a stressor okay. in uh, certain systems in our body that deals with stress, right? And so sometimes those systems can get out of whack uh, based on stress and it kind of gets stuck in a heightened state. Mm-hmm. And then over time, um, that heightened state can then become actually a dulled state, right? You don't react at all, which isn't good for the system no. either. So we've shown, um, and some other researchers have shown, that these uh, effects um, can lead to sort of these dysregulations in these sort of systems. Okay.
0: So as a parent in seeing these in your in your child, these warning signs, what other warning signs could parents be on the lookout for to point to that their child is being bullied?
1: Sure. Well, uh, one that I didn't talk about outcome is uh, sort of changes in, so academic performance, but okay. not just that, but also changes in, um, how they feel about school. Mm-hmm. So maybe they f- start talking about how they don't feel like they fit in. Um, maybe they start talking about how they don't feel safe at school. Um, but also, you know, things like anxiety and depression, if these sort of signs of those sort of things start popping up, um, there might be a, you know, that might be a route that you start talking with your child mm-hmm.
0: about. And then on the flip side of that, what are the signs that could point to your child being a bully and doing this action?
1: Number one thing I would say is just, you know, witnessing (laughs) your child is aggressive inside and outside of school. I don't think it's, you know, uh, I think sometimes as a parent, you don't want to think of your child as a bully. Mm -hmm. And again, I think it goes back to this idea that we sort of try to promote is not labeling people as... A bully mm-hmm. and focusing on the behaviors, you know, mm-hmm. so I think sometimes we as parents, you know, we want to see the best in our child and we s- might sort of dismiss mm-hmm. some aggressive behaviors. Yeah. Kids that call other kids names and um, might be mm-hmm. reactive to things in terms of aggression. So I would say it would help. It will help us in the long run. Just not think about like, oh, my child is a bad child. Yes. Or my child is a bu- bully. Mm-hmm then that sort of probably starts you going, you know, being mad at your child mm-hmm. or doing us. So again, what you even, you know, we talk about is like, let's stop the behavior, how do we talk about not doing that behavior again, rather than how do you be a nicer person? Mm-hmm.
0: No, that all makes sense. And what can parents do or say to their child that's being bullied? What, how can they help them and what should they not do in this situation?
1: Well, I think probably the best thing to do, the first thing to do, you know, parents oftentimes they will hear something like, you know, bad happening to their child. And the first Mm -hmm. thing you want to do is get mad and go, you know, do something about it. But what I would say you want to really do first is kind of like check your emotions and support your child. So the first thing, you know, you want to, ask them what happened get mm-hmm. them to explain everything to you so that you're all both on the same page and that's an important thing all through this process Is you want to listen to your child and take sort of cues from them how to move forward so you know some incidents incidences might just be a one-off sort of thing and you hear it and they the child feels that it, it's the same it's not gonna happen again um, you want to take the lead there you know you want to, if they don't want you to do anything, you don't want to automatically start, you know, calling Mm -hmm. the Calvary and going in because you want them to keep talking Mm -hmm. to you, right? You want them to keep the lines of communication because this might not just be one incident. Mm -hmm. So if it happens again, you want them to come back to you and talk to you about it. The only caveat I would give there is, you know, if there's physical violence happening or there's some other harm that you're worried about, okay, maybe you do want to jump in quickly there, but, Mm in most instances you want to sort of get the full story, make sure you're supporting them. You know, the first thing you want to say, okay, I'm listening to you and, um, I'll help you handle this however you want to handle it. Mm -hmm. I'll be there for you. You also don't want to blame them. Right? So you don't want to be saying, Oh, what did you do? (laughs) How did this like, who, you know, again, you know, let's not get into, is this person the problem or are you the problem? But again, like what happened? How can we stop this? Um, And then sort of move forward from there.
0: Got it. And is there ever a point where a parent should escalate this to, let's say Cincinnati Children's or their school? Is there a breaking point or is that kind of up to the parent?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's up to the child and the parent, you know, if the child feels like, Hey, this isn't a one-off thing. And this thing is, you know, it's still happening. I'm scared to go to school. Mm -hmm. I hate going to school because of this issue. Then of course you want to do something. And so what we sort of suggest to parents is, um, first, you know, you want to call the school and, you know, get a meeting, maybe talk to a teacher first or, uh, those sort of things. But the key to talking to schools is that oftentimes schools are set up to blame, right. To yeah. say like, who, who did this? What happened? Okay. Who's in trouble? where your goal as a parent should be we just want this to stop Mm -hmm. right and so again that with that mentality and being very clear to the school because sometimes the school might feel like your child somehow started it so for instance i do a lot of research with individuals with autism and that sometimes they exhibit behaviors that people misinterpret as aggressive or as being rude or as being whatever and so oftentimes those kids get blamed for quote, I'm starting Mm -hmm. it. So um, if we start from like, okay, how do we get this to stop? Um, And then not just saying like, okay, this one incident happened, so let's stop it. But how how do we get to stop? And then what are we going to do if it happens again? Mm -hmm. And not being like, okay, how's this kid going to get punished that did this to my child? Or because like I said, sometimes what gets lost there is the blame and then we don't really address stopping the behavior so
0: and one of my big questions that i was thinking about is you know when you're in school you might not be a bully or get bullied but you witness bullying no matter where you go to school you witnessed it so how does that behavior impact those witnesses that are seeing this is there any like physical or mental things that happen or impact growth or development
1: um you know not a lot of research is really Mm -hmm. done on that um We do know that, you know, in terms of physical violence, um, that it does, there are long-term effects of those sort of things, just almost sort of like what I was saying in terms of the stress, the cortisol and that kind of stuff. We see similar things in, uh, kids that grow up in sort of violent, um, environments. So, um some work has been done on this in terms of looking at that. And I don't know why that wouldn't apply to yeah. sort of peer victimization and things like that, especially probably if, you know, you're in close proximity to it, if it's a friend or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that.
0: And then how can parents, teachers, and kids take action to prevent bullying? What can we do?
1: Well, you know, what I'll say is um, I'll use this sort of, as a uh, open door to, Mm -hmm. to go through, to sort of go down the path, the most um, successful way to stop bullying. And we know as researchers, um, this is the case is Mm -hmm. to, um, work with bystanders, work with the rest of the peer group to stop it. Um, that's for a few reasons. One, I think maybe I said before, if I didn't, I'll say it now. Um, Most bullies are doing it to gain social status or to keep social status, something to do with the, you know, peer status. So peers, if they don't reinforce these behaviors, they don't get what they want out Mm -hmm. of it. Number two, um, most instances of bullying we know happen with the, between like 10 and 12 people seeing it happen. Not all of them, but a good chunk of the bullying that happens. Uh, out there is around 10, 10 people, Mm -hmm. 10, 12, two of those people, one to two of those people are the victim. Um, one, two, three are the bullies. And then you have a whole bunch of other people seeing it happen. So how do we get those people involved? Um, well, we don't go around saying stand up the bullying, right? That doesn't tell kids like I go into classrooms all the time to, um, do some interventions. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I say to them is raise your hand for those who are for bullying, right? Everybody raise your hand. Nobody raises their (laughs) hand, right? Nobody's for (laughs) bullying. Um, So what it is is that, you know, kids don't know one, um, what to do. So what we do a lot of times is work with kids and give them very specific strategies that can do based on very specific times of victimization. And they're simple things, Right. Don't laugh. Yeah. Right. If a kid says a joke at the expense of somebody else and a lot of kids, they might not agree with it, but they might laugh nervously or might whatever, but laughing is a, is what they want. And that sort of reinforces, Hey, everybody agrees with me, even though oh, they might absolutely. not agree with them. Right. Yes. So that these are easy things that we do. We try to give them kids, a lot of different strategies, um, for dealing with these situations that might work for them, but that's an easy one anyone can do. Okay. Right? So, um, I, you know, we can go on and on. I can talk for a long time about this. But I think that's sort of the deal is you want to give kids uh, specific things that they can do. And the mm-hmm. second thing is a lot of times kids don't recognize it as sort of something that needs to be stopped, right? So like I said before, this idea that if somebody says, oh, I was just kidding, then automatically, oh, yeah, he was yeah. just kidding, right? So, uh, but I think everybody can agree You know he probably shouldn't have done it if he's saying Mm -hmm. he's just kidding so you know that's sort of the other big part of it is helping kids recognize you know what behaviors we need to stop Mm -hmm. doing and so um, we do a lot of that with uh, with individuals especially the 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 verbal victimization is a big one obviously physical is you know we know what that is yeah Um, so we do a lot of work just talking about how you can't really stop it if you don't know exactly what Mm -hmm. it is
0: And I love the one strategy you mentioned of don't laugh. Do you have any other strategies you could offer some words of wisdom about today?
1: Well, another strategy is pretty simple, too, that sort of keeps you out of the line of fire. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, you know, some kids have the social status to stand up and say, hey, that's not funny. Uh, Don't do that, you know. But not all kids might have the physical stature or the status that Mm -hmm. they worry about they might um, be harmed or get in the middle of it. So those are easy things saying like, Hey, stop it. You know, that's not funny. Those are things that we talk about people saying, but if you don't feel comfortable with that, the easiest thing to do is just to look at the victim and say, are you okay? okay. Right? So you don't have to address the bully. You can say to the victim by saying that you're, yeah. you're saying automatically, I don't agree with what the bully is doing here. Mm. And it also helps the, the victim uh, feel better. So somehow assuring the victim, um, saying, you know, are you okay? Mm-hmm. I don't agree with him. I don't think your shirt looks dumb. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing, um, is a sort of a simple way to do, uh, to sort of help.
0: Great. That's super helpful. And as we wrap up for today, is there anything we didn't talk about or mention that you think we should leave our listeners with?
1: If people are looking for, um, sort of resources, um, it's completely free. I don't make any money off of it. <laughs> Nobody makes any money off of it. Uh, we have a, a, a website called uh, GirlsGuideInBullying.org and Bullying.org. And those are two uh, sort of comprehensive resources that we've sort of designed to help people um, in, that any individual can you know, use. A lot of times anti-bullying curriculum is hard to access, especially a curriculum that's sort of comprehensive. Um, you know, it's usually implemented at the level of school, so mm-hmm. a parent or teacher can't go out, and, or a student can't go out and find this stuff. So, what we've tried to do is sort of put as much as possible in there in the easiest possible way. Uh, we provide videos so kids can see examples and things like that. We activities to sort of reinforce things, um, and people can pick and choose what they need from it. So, we've tried to set it up that way too
0: amazing we will link to those and um your amazing blog posts about bullying and keeping teens safe online on um on our website so thank you so much dr adams it was a pleasure having you today great thank you this episode was recorded on october 21st 2021 the content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes Our theme music was created by Stephen Greco. This episode was produced by Symphony Pits. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next week on the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.